0: Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We cannot start this week's show. Absolutely cannot start this week's show until we thank the following people who went to Patreon.com to sponsor this show. Derek Haynes. Alex Kazanis. Jack Connolly. Jonathan Renteria Elie. Bill Dixon. The wonderful Melanie Harker. Dr. Jason Woods. Oh, the fantastic Allison Keane.
1: The all right Jamal Newman. The so-so John Helter. Battle Mat Fitness. The wonderful David Trumbor. And the one and only Sean Paul Ellis. Hey, out there, if you guys want to be on this list or just want to know what's coming up next week on the show, check out patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons for more details. And remember, that's Morning with a U. Thank
0: you so much for sponsoring us. Thank you so much for listening. And now, on with the show.
1: Hello and welcome to a new year of Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from a pineapple under the sea, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, and he's wearing his bikini bottoms, it's Sean Paul Ellis. <laughs> How's
0: it going, bud? Uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? Doing good, buddy. Happy New Year to you.
1: Yeah. Happy New Year to you too, man. How you feeling in 2018 so far? It's, Woo! It's fresh. It's fresh. It's only hours old. Just out of the uh, oven.
0: (laughs) I just immediately went into R. Kelly's (laughs) Remix to Ignition. Not a great start. No, that's always a great great song. Is it a great start? It's always a great start. That R. Kelly song, always a great start. Let's get this party jumping. 2018, feeling so fresh and so clean. I'm excited Mm. to be here. Uh, You know, long time, long time person in a year, a long time uh, listener, first time first caller, time yep. <laughs> so just uh, excited to be here, and guys, I'm excited because this is New Year's Nicktoons. It is New Year's Nicktoons. Wait, how many years have we been doing this? I don't
1: know, I think three years of New Year's Nicktoons and three and a half years total on the podcast, yeah? <sighs> Plus we've peppered some in, like like we had the Rugrats Hanukkah special during the holiday season, so that kind of counts as a bonus one. Before we had the brilliant idea of lumping these all together for each, each New Year's <laughs> month, which wears us out by the end of January, but it's still a good time. I think we did a couple like Doug, maybe we did Ren and Stimpy, maybe on its own.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: something like that. But we're we're almost out of the '90s, which is crazy, because to me, '90s and Nicktoons go together. Like like I I checked out out of the '90s once 2000s hit and the world was still apparently okay. Uh, I don't think I watched any more Nicktoons. What about you?
0: No, I was the same way. I mean, I was yeah. I was all in in late '80s. With all Nickelodeon and SNICK programming, mm. that was uh, that was my jam. Everything from Wild and Crazy Kids to Guts, Legend of the Hidden Temple, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? All the stuff that they had keep going. in terms list of list them
1: all, name uh, them all. <laughs> keep going. Uh, oh man! You didn't say hey, dude. Yet. Yeah, you didn't, I didn't say, say
0: Clarissa explains it all. Oh my God! Uh, uh Alex you didn't say Mack. Roundhouse. You didn't say what? you can't do that on television. Yeah, you you're did right. Say Alex Mack. Good job. Did say Alex Mack. So. Just so much stuff that was on there, and then all the animation that they were bringing at this time was so batshit insane to watch, yeah. and I loved every minute of it. And, and being able to go back and recap some of those memories as a kid, and, and realize that man, Rugrats are really lumpy, and yeah. Doug is Doug needs to grow a fucking pair, and Doug Ren and Stimpy, Propecia. yeah, <laughs> he needs propitia, and and you know Ren and Stimpy, they just they just need to work out some of that sexual frustration. It's mm crazy to see some of these things and then to bust on through to the 2000s out of the 90s i yep. i was just in a different place i was watching i was watching dbz and i was watching all these yeah, anime cartoons anime at that stuff. point yeah yeah i mean that's
2: plus, yeah this like is right girls. around the, yeah. yeah
0: plus girls <laughs> plus this girls. is college this is college too for us so <laughs> girls, you
1: know. girls come into the picture yeah no more, no more time for nicktoons save that until you're in your 30s and hosting a podcast 186 episodes deep but listen up here, but I, I kind of had the same thing, right? But I feel like we're still talking Nicktoons, but it's a new year. I feel like we need, we need something to reflect that newness. I feel like, you know, everybody knows Dave. Everybody knows Sean. I feel like we need new names. Yeah, let's something, do it. Something like Snazzy. I'm going to give you a new name, but it's going to be of your own choosing. I just need you to list a few things for me. Okay? okay, got it. All right, first thing. First thing that pops into your mind. Ready? All right, let's go. Name a cleaning product. A pledge. And your name is Sean. We're going to stick with that. Now, name the first shape that pops into your mind. Uh, Circle. Now, give me an article of clothing. Socks. If if I could remember that, your Pledge Sean Circle
0: Socks. You have the hardest possible name to say. (laughs) Can you introduce yourself to everyone, please? Uh, Guys, this is Pledge Sean Circle Socks. It's Man, not, that is that's really hard. That is a hard. tough name. I screwed myself on this one. This is yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I I saw
1: the realization dawning once we hit the shape. Uh, you didn't like that.
0: I'm gonna throw this out there. I'm gonna hit yeah. a hard NES reset button <laughs> on that okay. name. No, it's fine. Everybody no, no, gets one. I'm no, I'm good. I mean, I'm good. I am Pledge Sean Circle mm-hmm. Socks. Circle Socks, Mr. Circle, Circle Socks. Socks.
1: To your friends out there. I We both went with Circle, which I think was weird. Really? But uh, I ended up with Mop Dave circle, <laughs> circle Belt, which a circle belt is kind of a, I mean, obviously, unless you come <laughs> some kind of like lumpy rug rat shape, you're going to have a circle belt. I
0: don't know. I'm going to call up Klasky Chupo and see if they can animate this immediately. The, the
1: adventures of Circle Socks and Circle Belts. Circle Socks, Circle Belts. Mm, we're like wow. cousins of like the same weird undersea family. I could
0: get on board with that. I, I, feel know, like, I feel like yeah. feel like it's almost not an under the sea thing. This feels like a department store or yeah, a clothing yeah. warehouse. Circle yeah. socks, circle belt.
1: Another thing they used to have in the '90s when we were kids: Nicktoons Aww. and department stores.
0: Well, I mean, you know, people will be able to see the cartoon that we made, and they'll be able to rent them weekly at a blockbuster video. Well, there is, so there is still one in
1: Alaska, so we can head on up to that one. Fair but enough. But in the meantime, bud, let's take a trip back almost twenty years to the 1990s give the folks out there a little bit of history of the nicktoons we're actually talking about today
0: guys we are talking spongebob squarepants which is an american animated television series created by marine biologist and animator steven hillenberg for nickelodeon many of the ideas for the series originated from an unpublished educational comic book titled the Intertidal zone which Hillenburg created in 1989 he began developing SpongeBob SquarePants into a television series in 1996 upon the cancellation of Rocco's Modern Life and turned to Tom Kenny, who had worked with him on that series, to voice the title character. Nickelodeon held a preview for the series in the United States on May 1st, 1999, following the television airing of the 1999 Kids' Choice Awards. The series officially premiered on July 17, 1999. That was my birthday, man! Really? Happy birthday. Crazy. Spongebob. Yeah. Uh, the series' popularity has made it one of the highest-rated series to ever air on Nickelodeon and the most distributed property on MTV networks. As of late 2017, the media franchise has generated $13 billion in merchandising revenue for Nickelodeon, which is... I have is, to
1: include that. That's insane. It's crazy. Like, that's more than... Uh... It's definitely more than like even Ben 10. Ben 10 has like, it's in the billions as well as far as the franchise goes. But it's crazy to think that a cartoon that came up as just kind of like a goofy idea is worth $13 billion. It has been 20 years, but still. That's why we here at Saturday Morning Cartoons want to make our own cartoons so we can get some of that sweet,
0: sweet billions money. So if you have any bitcoins, let us have your bitcoins and then we'll make a cartoon with that bitcoin. Yeah, we could be just the first cartoon ever funded by bitcoins. I'm down with, wouldn't that, totally fine with that. Wouldn't that be a great idea, everyone who has mm-hmm. bitcoins? Guys, also, we don't know how bitcoins work, so if you have any, just please fill us in on those details. Do you have to like like take pieces of it like a Trivial Pursuit pie? How does it work? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff involved, Dave. We can we can talk about blockchains later. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey,
1: do you, do you know what SpongeBob SquarePants is about?
0: I have a, a, a fair idea.
1: Uh, well, the wiki describes it as this: the series revolves around its title character and his various friends. <laughs> the end. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants is an <laughs> energetic on, and hold optimistic. On. Hold on, go ahead. Yeah, I you wanna... got questions?
0: <laughs> Let me ask this then. Yeah. Is this essentially the cartoon version of Seinfeld?
1: <laughs> Basically, it's a show about it's a cartoon about nothing. It's a show about nothing. It's actually not too far from the truth to be honest yeah. with you. It's just kind of like, here's a bunch of wacky and weird characters in a wacky and weird setting, and here's the wacky and weird things that they get up to. And one of them is a racist. But you have to find Wait, out what? who in episode season seven.
0: Are you serious?
1: I'm just talking about Kramer.
0: Oh. Oh, oh my yeah, God. All. No,
1: everything's totally fine. It's all fine. Everything's fine.
0: I thought Bikini Bottoms had this like terrible secret that I had never known about. I mean, about they show. might
1: the the show, and I left it out of the history, but this show has had its share of kind of like controversies for either being too progressive or not progressive enough, or portraying a character in this light or not saying that a character was this way. It's it's 2018; everybody gets upset about everything. So there's really nothing you can do right. So just do the best you can out there is what I'm saying. Fair Especially enough. if you have a if, especially if you have a brand new web comic uh, that you want people to check out and be nice, be guys, nice about. Just be like,
0: work hard and be nice to everybody. Can work we just hard, do that? Be nice. So uh, anyway,
1: SpongeBob SquarePants is an energetic and optimistic sea sponge, aren't we all? Although, although his appearance more close, closely resembles a kitchen sponge, uh, who lives in a submerged pineapple and loves his job as a fry cook at the Krusty Krab. That is the best I could come up with for this possible synopsis here. Because it's just—it's just kind of Seinfeld
0: under the sea, like you said.
1: <laughs> Circle socks.
0: I just want the the beginning as we transition into the theme song. Oh yeah, just to have just just to have Painty the pirate just be like,
2: "Are you ready, kids?" And
0: just have well, I guess maybe I got a possible. I mean, what is ready? You know, just kind of have SpongeBob dressed as Jerry Seinfeld up against a brick wall at the beginning of Seinfeld television show and just sort of like pitch it out that way back and forth and then larry david's sure. in the back there's a lot going on there's multiple plates that we have that are just spinning with this idea all like of them it. are good we're just spitballing right now not everything's gold i like it
1: <laughs> what's interesting though is if you tried this intro today <laughs> uh wall pirate captain probably could not get kids attention at this point i don't really? know if they would answer him at this point
0: you think they'd answer him I think kids. I think kids of a certain age, when they're watching stuff, uh, can get energetic about television.
1: Yeah, but do you think? I mean, they've got the TV going, and they've got the the phone going, and sometimes the computer going as well. So, like, stuff just kind of. I feel like TV these days just kind of like happens in a weird sphere of influences, instead mm-hmm. of just like it used to be us planted in front of the two dimensional screen that was maybe twelve inches, you know, corner to corner, right? And just watching whatever was being. Uh, projected into our eyeballs. Now you've got stuff from every different direction. So I don't I don't know if this show would kind of pick up uh, as much as it did back in 1999. Because it was definitely one of the, it was like a next level crazy town. I think I was, it was too nuts for me. And that was saying something with all the previous Nicktoons that we've talked about and the <laughs> stuff that we've liked from like Ren and Stimpy and all that stuff. But this was like too hyperactive, uh, too energetic. For me, I think. It was beyond what I was ready to, wow. to watch. I think I this mean, is when I checked out, man.
0: Ah, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. So uh, did you have any any thoughts about the the theme song as we kind of roll into it? I, I want to say this first and foremost. Shoot. A majority of all SpongeBob episodes are available on Amazon Prime, and it is delightful to watch it on Amazon Prime yeah. and be able to hit the pause button when new characters come up. To have it show you whatever that X ray vision is where what? you can see the Yeah, you can see the actors uh, who voice the cast. Uh, it shows you that the name of the the main pirate at the beginning, his name is Painty the Pirate Holy and crap, kids. I didn't know this. Why did so, you tell me
1: this before I started watching?
0: Uh, I don't know, man. Because I, I gotta go I just, back and watch the whole series again. It's a fun thing to see some of those tidbits. It's sort of like a pop up video, but for cartoons yeah, that's if nice. you continue to hover over in your web browser.
1: Oh, and I just watch it through like a Roku or something. So I guess I probably don't have
0: that. Maybe it has it on a Roku. I
1: don't. I don't know technology, guys. I don't understand technology either. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> Bit-
0: <laughs> bitcoins came around, and that's when I checked out. But still, we bitcoins are willing came, to accept. Killed my family, and I checked out. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably not far from the truth either. <laughs> Drone dropped a
1: bunch of bitcoins on my grandma. And just blockchain technology just took her out. Just, oh. Oh, just blockchained her to death.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Man, let's try to keep it clean here, please. We were trying to do one. Guys, we've had the idea that we were going to do one <laughs> clean episode in 2018. Well, it's not can this we one. do it? It's not this one. We've <laughs> it's got can 50, we, we have 51 other episodes to do. <laughs> Are we going to complete this task? We're hitting a milestone this year of episode 200. Will that right. be the clean episode? We don't be. know.
1: Man, we should do like the cleanest possible cartoon that ever came into existence. I don't even know what that would be. Give us, listeners out there, give us your suggestions for the cleanest possible cartoon that even us perverts could not possibly <laughs> destroy. Cleanest possible cartoon. Wholesome, I mean, we already ruined David the Gnome. I don't know if you can get much better than that. But good luck, let us know. Mm. So this theme song, yeah? Yeah. Uh, what was his name, Painty the Pirate? Painty the Pirate. I aye, Captain. Okay. And,
0: and kids. And Because of all the, the response that you get back.
1: Yeah, and off-screen kids. So presumably, a bunch of random live human children are just staring at this wall where there's a painted pirate with a moving mouth. Right. Is that what we're getting into here? Okay. Right. Great. We got a little bit of mixed media going on here. I love that, honestly. I really... This song is is very simple. It sticks with you forever, whether you want it to or not. And the mixed media intro really does grab your attention. I love the way that the camera kind of moves from Painty the Pirate with his intro, which we'll talk about in a second. And it it literally just kind of like drops you like you're dropping into an aquarium or dropping into the sea. That was neat because it was something you haven't seen before because it's taking you quite physically to another place. That's not just another town or city. It's not like Rocco's city or it's not like, uh, where, where did Doug live again? Where the heck did he live?
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm just thinking of, like, the, the Mayor Bluth. and I can't think of. Was stuff. that Bloom, Bloomberg? Bloomberg. Bloomberg? Bloomberg? I don't know. I know Bloomberg is a place in Pennsylvania. Something like that. Bloomsburg. Anyway, I digress. So, it drops you into the sea, and I thought that was pretty cool. What did you think of the um, the theme song itself, lyrics-wise and
0: music-wise? I, I really want to say I enjoyed it. I I know that this song is simple, the, the song is an earworm and it's catchy. Yeah. I love call and response stuff. Yeah. And so to have that at the beginning, you know, just kind of prompting the kids to get pumped up. I think it does a great job in terms of a framing device of getting you prepared for the level of silliness. And then that's backed up with the visuals in yeah. this theme song. We mentioned mixed They're media. Kind of insane. Oh yeah, it's, it's batshit. I can't wait to talk yeah. about a little bit more about the animation because of just how fucking crazy this show actually is. And I don't think in this time when this came out in 99, I I really actually appreciated anything that was going on in this show. Watching this now, you know, so many years later, I have a newfound appreciation for just how batshit this is. Uh, Yeah, it
1: was almost like they took, we'll, we'll get to it more, but it was almost like they took all traditional styles of animation and just threw it out the window. And they were just like, look, we have a character who looks like a kitchen sponge. We can kind of do anything that we want from here on out because if that
0: flies, then whatever. We'll just do (laughs) whatever we want. And they did all of that at the same time with some nods, whether it was intentional or not, towards some other Nicktoons styles of animation, which were really fun. And I guess I had maybe forgotten that they were included in some of these episodes. Or maybe we hit on an episode tonight being the first episode of the series that happen to just have a lot of these contained within, but they're super fun. I think this
1: series does, I think for the most part, the majority of it is traditional animation. I mean, they do weird things within that animation, but it's it's traditionally drawn. But, you know, they've recently had a stop motion episode. They had a couple stop motion specials, claymation specials um, for, I can't remember if it was, I think one was a Halloween uh, ghost of Bukini bottom or something like that. Bukini instead of Bikini bottom. Um that was pretty recent.
0: Not be uh, not bikini and everybody's not, like a B. Everybody's like buttons. And it's around. Just, and it's just
1: Jerry Seinfeld in B movie. Oh, it's B movie too, under the sea. <laughs> um no, it's not that. It's Bikini Bottom. And uh they I think they've had a, a history of doing some mixed media stuff. So to see you know, first we have this painting, but then there's like a human mouth moving within the painting, like the, the little cutout of the mouth. We have a hand come in from off screen and like does he put pants on spongebob yeah he does he puts his clothing puts, on him he puts his clothing on spongebob so that was pretty cute uh what else did we see in the opening that was mixed media uh
0: we we have some just like still or we have some um uh, photography or or animation where yeah. they they're showing actual physical objects uh and so those kind of go back and forth and we even get some of those in the episode itself yeah, uh, yeah so I mean, just, even the
1: opening was kind of like a weird kind of almost like a silk screen of um like ferns and algae and kind of stuff that revealed itself so you could see bikini bottom that was kind of interesting yeah but yeah there was more than that too we'll get to that in a second but but as far as the theme song itself i i i love it like it's something that i still remember even if i'd never really watched the show i think it was one of those things where my brother who was 10 at the time uh andrew don't call him andy trumbore 10 at the time, watching Spongebob. I would like walk into the room, hear the theme song, just like turn back around and go out the other way. Just be like, I can't, I can't put up with this stuff. And we'll explain
0: why in a few seconds here. Anything else from the theme song? Uh No, I think that's okay, it. Cool. Just cool. super fun, weird visuals, really, really super catchy song. Yeah,
1: you know it. Even if you heard it in, once in 1999, you still remember it today. And chances so, are you can probably sing it
0: verbatim right now. If probably, probably are. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So animation style, we've talked about it a little bit. What else about this animation style speaks to you one way or
0: another? Uh, so the one thing that really jumped out at me was sort of the, the mixed media that we've already talked about. Um, you know, this, this random elements of putting in real life people yeah. with sort of like a green screened overlay of, of something just to kind of show like a mouth or eyes that they would do every once in a while. Those things are super fun, they're super, super creepy. Uh, But really, really (laughs) enjoyable. The biggest thing that stood out to me Mm -hmm. is their use of those really tight punched-in shots of almost like a still image that was so reminiscent of Ren and Stimpy to me that it was... I I can't believe that I forgot that they utilized that technique so much in this. That punch-in single-cell animation that they would have of of showing things like we'll talk about tonight about uh when SpongeBob gets dehydrated and <laughs> and his and his the frailty of his hand and just like how zoomed in on like how gnarled and just the fact that he's like a pinky has fallen off that that stuff is super fun. Yeah. And I I don't think that I when I had watched this show, you know, at some point maybe in college if I ever really noticed that or if I ever really made the parallel to how closely it resembled some of the stuff that John Craig Falusi was doing with Ren and Stimpy.
1: Yeah. That was the kind of stuff that I gravitated towards more so than like the slapstick zany screaming at the top of your lungs, running around, flopping around doing the same thing multiple times until you like forced the people who are watching to laugh. <clears throat> that kind of stuff didn't really sit with me. It was the quieter moments the really just odd Absurdist, surrealist humor that was more like Nicktoons yeah. that we were used to. I think that was the shift, and they they featured both with the different animation styles. So you had kind of like the traditional hand drawn stuff, where the character is animated in a weird way. Uh, I love the fact that SpongeBob, being a sponge, can literally just get like cut into a billion pieces and then just kind of like reform. So yeah. he's almost like weirdly indestructible. But they can. They use that in interesting ways to service uh, the animation and the storytelling. So I thought that was interesting. But yeah, the live action stuff, the practical effects, throwing like an actual dried kitchen sponge like in front of a camera <laughs> was was a really neat a neat gag to throw in there too, and also super cheap, so that's fun. Um, it was interesting visually to watch. That kind of stuff kept my attention more so than the the gags or kind of the jokey material of the of the series did. Anything else from the visuals for you that kind of jumped out?
0: No, I thought you brought. I thought you actually made a really good point okay. there. That I, I, I just realizing that myself. Sometimes the things that I found to be the most entertaining or the most interesting were not the actual jokes that they had in. Was not Tom Kenny's voice or you know, the, yeah. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Like you know, the the repetitive nature of some of the dialogue, but it was really just that change in the media. In order to punctuate, or you know, or, or actually deliver a punchline yeah, exactly to the viewer, that stuff that stuff was way more interesting than anything that any of the characters actually said, with the exception of maybe Patrick Star.
1: Yeah, that'll, that's a good time. To talk that'll about, be my one. Yeah, that's a good time to talk about the characters because there's not super many. We watched the first episode, mm-hmm. and it's it's two kind of like self-contained stories, and then one little interstitial without dialogue. Uh, that shows up, but we honestly, we get what, five characters total? We get SpongeBob and Gary, we get Patrick, Squidward, uh, Mr. Crab, and uh, Sandy. Yeah. So technically six, plus about a million anchovies. So <laughs> not a whole lot to keep track of to begin with, which is nice. And, right. and I like the way that they introduced them and rolled them out because they were introduced kind of one by one. Um, one of them was definitely introduced in the theme song because his name is in the title of the show and the rest of them were kind of like rolled out as we watched. So tell me about Patrick. What's up with Patrick.
0: So Patrick star, uh, voiced by Bill Fagerback. Uh,
1: yeah, I think that's how he pronounces his name. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: he does his goofy, I think quite a bit.
0: Yeah. He was also, uh, the like assistant coach on the television show coach, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just, kind of a a goofy lumbering supportive character he's one of those friends that regardless of what has happened is able to kind of smile and see the positive nature of it not because he's an optimist but because he's too dumb to know any better and people like that I feel we, we could use a little bit more smiles every once in a while and so to see Patrick be so Unrelenting in his support of SpongeBob in these instances is just very funny, and, and the fact that like he'll rush to his aid yeah. uh, and be such a good wingman, weirdly, a wing, best wingman under the sea.: Absolutely. Uh, you know it, it's just a fun dynamic to see between Patrick and and SpongeBob. and I, I continually wonder if it's something where is there sort of like a brother, brother dynamic. Like uh, like older brother, younger brother dynamic between them. I keep trying to pinpoint exactly what it is between those two that makes that energy so fun.
1: You know what it is for me?
0: What? I mean, it's kind of Heifer and Rocco, but Rocco's a little more responsible. Okay, because I was going to say it's Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber for me. Okay, that's probably closer, Yeah. Yeah, that's probably closer. It's like they're too stupid, but they're <laughs> perfect together. They're pure.
1: Yeah, they're very Yeah, pure.
0: but like, the, like there's nothing malicious about it. It's just this no. pure stupidity. Pure, unfiltered stupidity. Here's, here's the
1: problem with all Ooh. that. I'm the Squidward of the bunch. I feel like these two and their pure, unfiltered stupidity and innocence would get under my skin <laughs> within seconds. I'm, I'm the like, (laughs) I'm the like cynical loner squid living in a, in a Easter Island Maori head who just wants to be left alone at his shitty job at the Krusty Krab and doesn't want to be bothered with these these energetic youths of today. So I like Squidward (laughs) for that reason. He's, he's definitely a curmudgeon. Uh, the fact that he like wants to get, uh, SpongeBob he does not want SpongeBob to get the job because then he's not only his neighbor, but he's also his coworker too, and he literally cannot get away from this character for the rest of his the 20 years that it's been on the air. So I gravitated towards Squidward,
0: <laughs> which I is mean, probably bad. But No, amazing. I don't think it's bad. I mean, I, I gravitated towards Squidward for majority of the show too, and I feel as if in some cases, for maybe parents who are watching this with their children, Squidward yep. was kind of the stand-in for them. Yeah, 100%. You know that that energy, uh, that that sort of unrelenting, never stopping energy that's that's very childlike in nature. Yeah. Squidward is tolerating it and doing the best that he can to sort of live within that that frame. Yeah. Uh, you know, I justifiably, I'm sure that I was that way towards my parents. I'm sure that. When I have children, they will be that way towards me, and I will be yeah. like, hey, let's watch some SpongeBob. And they'll be like, we don't want to do the call and response, Dad. And I'll be like, you'll fucking do it. <laughs> it's going to be you'll great. You'll fucking, parenting. I'm doing it, and I'm going to scream it. They're going to be in like VR. They're going to be in like the Oasis at that point. Yeah, that's so fine. I'll be like, getting them out. I'll be like, if you guys want real pancakes, not digital pancakes, you're going to do the call and response right now.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry to tell you, but whatever they're doing in the Oasis is earning Bitcoins, and that's more than we make in a year, so... Unfortunate. But the kids rule the world. Uh I like Squidward as kind of like my avatar character in this, but I really like Sandy the Squirrel as a character on the show. I agree.
0: I agree. And we're talking she, about we're talking about yeah. the squirrel that lives in the ocean. Yeah. Which is super in, cool. In a bubble, and her name is Sandy Cheeks. What Sandy a great Cheeks. little pun. What a little what I a great should, little
1: pun. I should say that Squidward's full name is Squidward Tentacles, I guess. Yeah. I guess it's just pronounced tentacles. It's kind of a lazy Name there, but all right, (laughs) give it to you. Uh, I'd like Sandy the squirrel. She has kind of like this astronaut looking suit, which is neat and it makes a lot of sense in quotation marks because she's a squirrel living under the sea. So she needs her own like air supply, she needs her own little habitat. I don't know if she's an explorer, I don't know if she's a scientist, I don't know what's going on with Sandy, but I dig the fact that she's like wrestling and fighting giant clams at the bottom of the ocean, making friends with sea creatures, and just like hanging out and just have like serving tea and cookies. Making making, f-
0: making, friends through their making shared friends. love of karate.
1: Yeah, it's the best.
0: And, it's air. So- and you would imagine that a kid watching this would be like in the sweet primetime area where they're like, karate's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And kids, you're probably right. I missed that. definitely right, kids. Definitely. You're 100% right.
1: right. Man. As a, as a karate kid from the 80s and 90s, 100%. Go do karate with sponges.
0: Um, yeah, what do you got? I was gonna say, you know, we're we're adults now. We we have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. We have things that we do. We adult from time to time. Sure. I would say maybe now I sort of identify a little bit with uh, Mr. Krabs. And do you though? Uh sometimes. Sometimes I
1: do. I I look. I didn't get a good handle on this guy from the little segment that he was in because he he either seemed to like side with Squidward out of some weird. I don't know, friendship or something that they had, but then kind of like pranked Spongebob too, so he's kind of a jerk. But then he rewarded
0: Spongebob at the end because he saved his bacon. So I don't I don't really know what to do with this guy. The challenge is the way you just described that is somebody who will fuck with you, yeah. but at the same time, if you come through, he'll show appreciation. That's pretty much me to a T. Is that you to a T? Yeah, a little bit, a little be. bit. I guess it could I'll be a jerk to you, but if you're like, ha, 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 all right, idiot. Then yeah, you pretty much earned my respect right away.
1: By the way, off topic, I did send you that like hyper spatula that you were asking for. It should be coming to your house from Amazon. Ah, oh, perfect. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I found Thanks. it. It took me forever to find that thing.
0: Did it? Does it have? Mm-hmm. Uh, a port got, and starboard attachment. It's got port and starboard attachment,
1: and it does have the turbo booster that you asked. Uh, had the turbo drive? Great. That's it all you wanted. Yeah.
0: Yep. Perfect. So should be Perfect. on the way. Perfect.
1: Perfect. Wait, turbo drive not turbo booster?
0: I thought it was turbo drive. Oh shit, I might have got the wrong one. You know what? It's fine. I'll just, just return I'll return it, it on too. Amazon. Yeah, return it on
1: Amazon. All right, back to the show. <laughs> uh, what do you think about Gary? I think Gary's great. Uh, I I I think Gary is it's so It's one of those weird ass characters, yeah.
0: But like we have to explain this. If you're not familiar with the Gary character, he's right. a snail who meows like a yep. cat. And everything he's that he basically cat snail, yeah, yeah. Everything he, everything you get is this sort of weird apathetic, just meow where he's like meow, meow just constantly, and it is. It's just kind of a fun visual, you know. And biz- every time it's weird and it's fun. Yeah, I agree.
1: <laughs> it's just weird every time because it's such a disconnect in your mind. Um,
0: anybody else? Did we miss anybody? I think that's everybody. No, that's. I mean, that's the realizing that's the core of the show. Yeah. I, yeah, and I, I'll say this, at its core, we meet all these six characters right out the gate in yep. the first 22 minutes, nothing feels forced, everything feels pretty organic, there's some nice relationships that have already been established, yep. and they're also introducing some new people at the same time, Yeah, and they do all of this in 22 minutes. This is probably the first time I'll say this, that we've done this for a Nicktoon. Mm-hmm. This pilot episode felt like it already had its voice
1: yeah, I think that probably has a lot to do with the the creative team that came together. They were already they had already worked together on some shows, and then they had this kind of like kernel of an idea that they were building from. So they probably already drew from their existing experience and then just kind of tweaked it somewhat for this new uh, idea. And then it kind of grew into its own thirteen billion dollar thing. So, Whatever they did, and however they did it, good job, guys, because
0: (laughs) these things
1: don't come along too often. This is like a a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing, so well done. Uh, As Sean mentioned, we watched the first episode, SpongeBob SquarePants, back in uh, the summer of 1999. It's actually broken into three segments. We've got two roughly 10-minute short segments that are all kind of like self-contained. The first one's called Help Wanted, and the second one is called Tea at the Tree Dome, and then in between was a cool thing which I don't know if they still do or not. But in the first episode at least there's this this little uh, dialogue-free interstitial called Reef Blowers. And do you want to just start there? Do you want to just give like a quick synopsis of that little
0: sure. interstitial? Yeah. Uh, so for Reef Blower, we have a squidward who is coming out and he's noticing that there's a seashell that's on his lawn. Right. And I guess this is the parallel that we're supposed to draw is that this is a, some type of an imperfection or his lawn isn't maintained or well taken care of. Right. He kicks it over onto SpongeBob, his neighbor, yeah. his lawn. Suddenly, SpongeBob eerily knows within two seconds that <laughs> something has happened. And it begins sort of this, this comedy montage of him procuring this leaf blower from his garage and beginning to... Not only try to suck up and remove this seashell from his yard, but in the process, uh, he is spitting dust and debris and and gear parts all over his yard, all over Sometimes Squidward's water yard, too. Yeah. Right. And 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 it, the whole idea culminates with him uh, sucking out pretty much all of the water in the ocean. Yeah. Which is a fun visual to sort of see that that water line decrease and have yeah. Squidward just kind of bummed on his porch and just sitting there. And then suddenly he gasps for breath, and you see kind of like X's over his eyes. And for, then that's yeah, the, briefly, yeah. And then that's the one moment where suddenly Spongebob just hits the reverse, or like everything bursts in the, the backpack because of it has the entire ocean in it, yeah, and it all spills back, and everybody's fine, and there's no damage done. Yeah, um, it, was,
1: it was cute. What I really liked about it was... Initially, it was kind of like, okay, you get the idea. Remember, there's no dialogue here, so nobody's talking to each other. This is all pure animation, sound effects, and music. So when SpongeBob kind of like looks out his window, he quite like physically and literally looks out his window. His sponge self kind of takes the form of the shape of the window and just pops himself outside. And then you could just animate the sponge on his regular legs, just like walking to the garage to get his reef blower, instead, he like just slip slides on his back and just like weirdly back wobbles down to the garage and then goes under the garage door. It's stuff like that that's just like you guys are so weird, but it's fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that moment of mobility for SpongeBob, right. For some reason, really reminded me of Stimpy and
2: really? something that oh, you would okay. see in a Ren
0: and Sometimes Stimpy. Sometimes when he like doesn't have any bones, yeah, yeah, just him like slinking through a couch or like sliding on his butt. Or, or kind of like rolling on the carpet, like th- there was just so much about that that I was like, "Am I? Ah, I feel like I'm watching Ren and Stimpy right now for some reason." And, and there was,
1: yeah, there was a moment where he like blew all that sand and debris <clears throat> in Squidward's eyes. Yes, and his eyes got like super red and dry and gross, and it, they kind of did a mini close up on that and that kind of stuff reminds me of, of Ren and Stimpy too. Yeah, kind of that gross body humor stuff.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I mean and... but every time they do those punch-ins like that for some yep. reason it just reminds me so much of Ren and Stimpy. Oh, 100%.
1: I mean, you don't you don't have to say for some reason. It's because that was like a main factor of that show and I yeah. think they they pulled it from that. Um real quick before we get into the other segments, uh we had mentioned before about using sort of practical animation or live action animation I think they've actually done something in like a, um, like almost like puppet work in an aquarium. So they like did a little story with all the different puppets in an aquarium as as one of these interstitials or something. I just remember that randomly hmm. in my head from probably twenty years ago. So I don't know. Hmm. Uh, okay, so that was Reef Blowers. <laughs> We've also
0: got <laughs> Health Wanted. <laughs> And <laughs> tea at the tree uh, dome, guys. That was just Dave's trip down memory lane from 20 yeah, years ago. It was. It's just a digression. That's oh, that was all. fun. Yeah, I sometimes, didn't expect that. Now, now I want to
1: find that episode for you. Sometimes this happens. Sometimes this uh, happens. Did you have a favorite of any of these three segments?
0: Hmm, <clears throat> it's really hard because
1: <sighs> I definitely had a least favorite. Oh, really? Help wanted. I, I really didn't like help wanted. Really? I thought it was okay. It was fine. Okay.
0: By the end by the end they kinda of, they kinda of got me by the end of it. I was like, all right. I, I, I will say that if I had to pick one, I think I would pick Tea at the Tree Dome Agreed. as being my favorite just because I like the Sandy's or because I like the Sandy Cheeks characters so much and yeah. I, I think that there's some interesting mixed media that they do that is in that segment. Uh, I, I think I like their whole it,
1: conceit in that episode. Honestly, I think I, that's a lot of fun to play with. There, there more was, so than help wanted. Yeah, there
0: was so much genuine and, and honest discovery that was happening in that that it felt really super enjoyable to watch, and just the positive nature of of Patrick Star and just. Pinky's up, Spongebob, yeah. Pinky's up. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Let, right.
1: me, let me just run through real quick Help Wanted, just the, the brief kind of like synopsis that happens. Yeah. Essentially, this is our first introduction to all of these characters, and we learn that Spongebob, for like his entire life, has wanted to work at the uh, Krabby Patties, right? The Krusty Krab. Krusty Krab, where they serve Krabby Patties. Yes. He's wanted to work there his entire life. They finally have a Help Wanted sign up, so he's going to go interview for that job. He kind of gets cold feet, and in a really nice scene that Sean mentioned earlier, Patrick just shows up out of the blue and inspires him to get back in there and go apply for the job. Like we had also mentioned, Squidward doesn't want this to happen, and he kind of like goes behind SpongeBob's back, tells Mr. Crab, don't hire this guy. They send him on a wild goose chase. Well, while SpongeBob's shopping at the bargain mart for some crazy spatula that probably shouldn't even exist, a shitload of anchovies roll up in their krill bus, and they <laughs> fill in uh, Krusty Crab. And there's like how many of them in there? Hundreds, if not thousands, of them uh, packed like, in there. They're I mean, like they anchovies.
0: they they literally create an actual wave, yeah, an ocean inside in the ocean. Yeah. of the Krusty Crab that just is tossing Squidward and Mr. Krabs. Uh, did you? Uh, his first name is Eugene is it eugene I it's eugene harold Krabs. of course it is yeah so it's it just crabs. just tossing them back and forth just tossing them and just like wrecking this place i do
1: yeah. like that squidward and again this is why i gravitate towards squidward he says like please please is this really the best way to do this if you'd all just form an orderly single file line we'll get your orders filled as soon as possible." And then that just like all hell breaks loose um From there, essentially, they're getting tossed around. SpongeBob shows up to the rescue with his crazy super spatula. The moment that they won me over is when he goes into the kitchen. Yeah. That kind of music montage, that crazy manic animation style, that was like, okay, this is something different.
0: So, the the song that they have that's playing during that time is Living in the Sunlight, Loving in the Moonlight, that is by Tiny Tim.
1: And it's like weirdly fits for this montage. It's perfect. It's so strange, though, but that was the most fun I had in this opening segment was watching him do, you know, what his life's goal has been has been pointing him towards making a shitload of Krabby Patties <laughs> Like just I, did, I never worked in fast food. God bless the people who do because it can't be fun, but he just made like stacks upon stacks upon stacks of these burgers and just like fired them out of the kitchen. Satisfied all the anchovy folks and sent them on their way. So of course he's like proven himself as like the best employee ever at the Krusty Krab, which I thought was fun. He also, if you noticed, sliced himself in like six pieces, a <sighs> multiple of pieces, yeah. all the time, and then just formed up back together. So that was a lot of fun too.
0: And and let me let me clarify what I said about Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim covered the song, and I believe that what we listened to was the cover of Tiny Tim singing this song. It was originally written by Al Sherman and Al Lewis back in 1930. How about that? Yeah.
1: And they pulled that one out for SpongeBob
2: SquarePants.
0: Yep. It was a cover that he did in 1968 of this song ended up being perfect for a cartoon that came out in 1999.
1: We're coming up on like the next cycle of that song because it was written in the 30s. It was performed and covered in the 60s. It was used in the 90s. And we're coming up on it again.
0: This is like a Stephen King It thing. Every 27-ish yeah. years, this is going to come back as it's a clown.
1: There's a mess of kids yeah. to this song. This is going <laughs> to be great in the It Hit sequel. I'm going to talk to <laughs> Muschietti and see if I can get it in the It sequel. It'd be great. <laughs> People
0: will be like, the fuck is going on here? <laughs> no idea. But I like where we're going. Could we get Stephen King to direct an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants Similar to when Stephen King directed Maximum Overdrive in the 80s and it was done. fueled by cocaine. Done. I love that movie. Perfect. Uh, can we call it Terror at the Tree Dome? D- done. Let's talk about. Any any well any anything else to talk about uh, the, this first segment for help wanted. I have one fun thing. You say it cuz I had one little stinger. But go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I really Enjoyed the opening for this. Okay, with these sort of uh, Jacques <laughs> Cousteau. Yes, yes. Uh, French, just the, the ah, the De sea, so fascinating, so wonderful. Yeah. Like I, I don't know why that fits the mood of this show. There, there are very often we talk on on this show about some of these cartoons where. They have an idea and then they add and they layer one or two or three things on top of them and they're just these ideas are just fighting one another the entire show and it's frustrating to watch it because as an audience and as a viewer you're like just pick one fucking thing and this show is like let's throw everything that we have at this for no good reason right and it all works and And that's what's bonkers It's $13 billion works.
1: Some of it doesn't work for me. And that's why I haven't put any money into their pot. But uh, Mm -hmm. it's more like the zany stuff. I did like the Jacques Cousteau opening. I like the massive like air horn that wakes him up and out of bed that went (laughs) on for a very long time. Um, And how he kind of like gets up and gets ready to go. Stuff like that is fun because it cuts corners. You don't have to be, you don't. it doesn't have to be real. It doesn't have to make sense. It's all very absurd anyway, and that's probably the most fun aspect of the show. Um, you ready for tea at Tree Dome? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So we've got SpongeBob. He's essentially like catching butterflies, but his version of catching butterflies <laughs> is catching <laughs> jellyfish as they buzz around <laughs> uh, in Bikini Bottom, which is super cute. But this leads him to come across uh, Sandy Squirrel.
0: What's Sandy up to at this moment? So Ms. Cheeks is yeah. fighting a clam, a giant clam shell giant clam, yep. that is trying to eat her, and she is just putting some kung fu fighting style. That I'll be honest with you, everything that she was doing way better than Netflix Iron Fist. Absolutely, I I could have watched this as Netflix Iron Fist season two, and I would be delightful and surprised at the direction that they went in it. Please make sure that that show doesn't come to fruition. Netflix. <laughs> I'll do Iron best. Fist season two. Uh,
1: what was interesting here is that right out of the gate, Sandy is a stronger character. Yeah. Than pretty much anybody else on the show. She's she's very like sure of herself. She's handling business. SpongeBob is just like showing up as a real goof that doesn't really do anything, and he actually ends up like in peril more than she does. She handles it. She saves him. She saves herself, and then she makes a friend at the same time. So it was kind of cool to see that all play out.
0: They have that really fun exchange where they're talking about, you know, do you love karate? And he's like, yeah, yeah of course I love karate. And he, you, you see Sandy go, watch this, and she yeah. hits a stone. And there's that moment of sort of engagement where you're, you, you're thinking to yourself, oh no, what's gonna happen? And you, yeah. you know, as a viewer, you, you know, as the the thirty something that you are right now. Uh, or at any age, when you hear that mountain kind of rumbling, you're like, it's going to blow into a million little pieces. And it does. And it's very satisfying to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you see SpongeBob wind up with sort of the same karate chop that he's about to do. And then he just sticks his arm right under his armpit and makes a fart sound. And you're like, you know what? That that clearly shows who these two people are to one another. And and again, To the supportive nature of these characters, Sandy Cheeks is just like, you know what? I like you. And you're like, yeah, I'm on board. I'm on
1: board. Now, speaking of supportive nature, uh, SpongeBob has just made a new friend, so he's got to talk to his old friend to find out what the heck is going on now in this new relationship. So here we get an interesting back and forth between SpongeBob and Patrick. Patrick's in kind of like this man in the tower speaking down to SpongeBob (laughs) position at this point with some fantastic... Uh, advice. Tell me about Patrick's advice.
0: Oh, he's a. Uh, so, first and foremost, it's yeah. interesting because SpongeBob is coming to Patrick, talking about how he met a female, talking about how right. he found he met a somebody who, you know, is is a woman, and he's kind of curious. <laughs> to sp- yeah, she's also a squirrel under the sea in right.
1: like a spacesuit. So yeah,
0: and 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 to Patrick's credit, again, so supportive, and he's like. He basically is just like they find it interesting when you're fancy and so the the whole thing that led into that I should have mentioned uh,
1: Spongebob I think asks Sandy what's up with the bowl around her head and she's like it's full of air I need air to breathe she's like I love air he's like yeah I like I love air too and then he walks away and then when he's talking to Patrick he's essentially like I met a girl I don't know what to do and she loves air and I don't even know what that is so Patrick is like lounging in this window and he's like do you mean she puts on airs that's just fancy talk and that's when he goes into the whole fancy talk thing so it's Patrick being stupid but also being kind of clever about how stupid he is at the same time true sort of true yeah deep putting on airs Uh, how fancy am I if I hold my
0: pinky here super fancy what if I hold it here you are incredible. You are the fanciest. So the higher up If you hold if you pinky, if you hold your yeah. pinky above your head, mm-hmm. fanciest human right now. Should you call me uh, Mop Dave
1: Fancy Pants? Uh,
0: Mop Dave square belt? Circle belt. Circle Mop belt. Dave circle belt. But Fancy Pants cuz I'm so fancy cuz my pinky's so high. Ooh, do you want that? Do you want uh, Mop well, that's what, Dave that's what Fancy Patrick Belt? Says.
1: That's what Patrick says. Okay, I know. But guess what? Uh, believe it or not, this advice doesn't work too well for SpongeBob <laughs> once he ends up passing through the airlock uh, and visiting Sandy in the tree dome. What moments of this entire crazy sequence uh, stood out to you?
0: Uh, again, it's the punch-ins that they did for showing just how dehydrated SpongeBob is getting at this <laughs> point. And, and, and they, they have that moment where he's giving her flowers Yep. and she's taking the flowers and saying like oh that's sweet and sandy is kind of like wrenching them out of his hand <laughs> and he can't unlock his his grip on them because he has he has effectively just like kind of whittled, oh, like all the <laughs> moisture just, has just drained out of his, up, yeah yeah <laughs> all the moisture has drained out of him and he is completely withered up he's like and a so monkey's
1: paw a, at this point
0: right and so pulling yeah. it out like you just see his hand just kind of like go and just like a finger fragment falls yeah. off. And she's like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. <laughs> the whole <clears throat> the thing that really landed
1: for me for this whole sequence, he's going over there for tea and cookies, doesn't understand the concept of what air is or why Sandy needs it or what that means for his physiology. So at first when he walks, walks in, he kind of flops around like a fish for a while, but then he seems fine. So I'm like, okay, the joke's going to end there. No, they, they push this thing like to the limit to the point that he's almost like a drug addict in like severe withdrawal. And it's really uncomfortable, but it's super funny. And especially because like, as he just like starts walking, the dehydration is getting so bad already that his eyes just go like completely black and like sunken into his face. And he's kind of like creaking as he walks and walking like a robot. It gets worse and worse and worse as he goes. And everything that Sandy says about the air, how it's like the driest, purest most airiest air in the whole scene oh
0: god he
1: is like a smack addict waiting for another hit and he's like crunching up and turning brittle and we get that we get that hyper zoom in the hyper realistic like bloodshot eyes you see the like sponge skin peeling away from his eyeballs it's really gross but absolutely hilarious yeah Uh, patrick shows up again
0: right What's
1: going on with our boy
0: Patrick? Uh, he's uh, again our encouraging force. Yes. Where at some point Sandy will return with these flowers, and she's put them in a, in a vase <laughs> of ice cold water. Yeah. Again, I don't know why you would put ice cold water as as the water for your vase. I, I don't know. Maybe just that's how flowers. SpongeBob. Yeah, just to just to further provoke him, yeah. and and this just becomes a fun series where like you see SpongeBob. Going through that withdrawal, kind of like having that thing where he's saying to himself, "He's like, you promised to give up water. You promised to get. You're he's you're gonna do it. 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 I'm gonna do it. I'm and gonna do keeps, it." And he just,
1: keeps holding the pinky up too. because yeah. Patrick's like, just hold your pinky up. Just hold
2: your pinky and up." It's so, like
1: like cratch, crunch, crunching and crackling as he tries to hold his pinky up and just, like maintain, but he is losing it. <laughs> but what just, I loved, what I loved about that though, is because he's trying to impress Sandy and he's trying yeah. to be like macho in a sense of like i don't understand what's going on but i'm just gonna fight through it it reminds me of a time where a buddy of mine we were over at our friend's house and he was trying to date uh the sister of one of the friends she had made like cookies for everybody and whatever we're all having like cookies and hanging out he starts like swelling up his face swells up his throat starts swelling up and he's like what uh, what were in those cookies? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they were like peanut butter. And I was like, holy shit. And I realized that he was like allergic to peanut butter or something in the, in the uh, cookies. But he tried to tough it out. He tried to tough it out in front of the girl who had made the death cookies. And I'm like, you are going to die. We got him to the hospital. He was fine. But like, it's that kind of like weird macho bravado where you don't want to look stupid. You don't want to look foolish. You don't want to look like you don't know something. So you will just sit there and dehydrate in a place that is not your comfortable state, just so you can make a good impression. And it was I it was not subtle by any means, but it was a different layer than what the kids were working on for the humor. For the kids, you're just watching SpongeBob be weird and make weird faces and like dry up into a kitchen sponge. But beyond that, it was like this is actually kind of an
0: interesting subtext here. I thought that right. was cool. Yeah. And then as everything that's in Spongebob, yeah. it ends on a very happy note Yes, where finally Sandy realizes that she needs to accommodate some of these sea creatures right. uh, in a way that you know would help them with their natural habitat. So she right. puts bowls over top of their heads when they're visiting, right. and she fills it up. They finally have an opportunity to drink that tea, and instead of putting it into a glass, she ends up putting the tea bags into the bowls that are around yeah. their head. So... As they're as they are letting this tea steep over their faces, they are putting their pinkies (laughs) up and they are like like full on open mouth gulping the tea. They're
1: like that's like in front of them. It's so crazy. It's it that was a lot of fun. I really like this segment of it. it. It's this segment alone that would make me want to watch more.
0: And this had the super fun mixed media. Where yeah, all yes. all of all of this action that we have with this dehydration joke culminates with the punchline again, the visual punchline, really well done of them cutting to from Sandy back to SpongeBob and Patrick Star, and it is just a yellow kitchen sponge, yeah. and it is a like a dried a dry out ass starfish, starfish, yeah. <laughs> just a pink starfish, and they're just next to each other, and that's it was it. like it was like watching
1: like Kablam when they had those like really cheap yeah like, uh, action league now where they would just throw something across the camera it was that kind of a cut but right. like like you mentioned before the fact that they cut to that thing in the middle of it and it just is such a jarring moment it was hilarious yeah um, so good that was a lot of fun and the tea thing was just a little icing on the cake there that was a lot of yeah fun. i did like just briefly when um patrick walks in and he's trying to be all macho and he's like You just got to keep your pinky up. And then he takes about three steps and then he starts dying because he he no longer has water to breathe either. He's dying in the air. So I
0: I like that he just kind of like goes down on all fours immediately and he he almost looked like a dog in two seconds. And I know that like there are tons and tons of Patrick Starr memes where it's just like his body just twists in some of the weirdest ways possible. And when you get those moments in this show, it is so weirdly rewarding to see him <laughs> go through that little bit of torture that it's just, you can't help but giggle. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Indeed. I
1: love giggling at torture. Since oh, I said okay. giggling at torture, it's probably the end of this episode. Anything else from SpongeBob SquarePants? Uh, uh, teams,
0: no. Uh, speaking of torture guys, no. turns out you have opinions on the internet. Oh boy. You have opinions that might be contrary or might be supportive to what we have just talked about. Well, in order to honor some of that, we are now going to hand this over to longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem, for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away.
3: This week, our Love It comes to us from an Amazon customer who gave SpongeBob five out of five stars on July 16th, 2016. It's titled Let's Laugh, and it says, Simply Awesome. Me and my child cannot get enough of Spongebob and his friends. Just good, clean entertainment. I would highly recommend to everyone to watch when they get a chance. When I was younger and I first saw Spongebob, I did not get it till I actually watched it. And Our Hated, also via Amazon, was written by Susie on December 3rd, 2015. She gave it 1 out of 5 stars. Susie said, I find the whole SpongeBob business disgusting, and my four-year-old twin grandsons are not allowed to watch any part of it. And the the world's worst grandma award of 2018
0: goes to <laughs> that. Hate it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I want to know what was so disgusting. Was I don't it just know. that? Was it just that Patrick Star in certain instances got a real thick booty? Is that what you were just like? That's gross. That grandma's Star been fit. on
1: Rule 34 pages too much.
0: Yeah, starfish can't have booty like that. They can't be that thick. They can have whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Settle now, Grandma. Yeah, hey, Grandma. Come at you like a
1: spider monkey. What? All right, buddy, what about you? What? What? <laughs> come on. Talladega Nights. I know. Chip? <clears throat> I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> all right, bud. This is our first New Year's Nicktoons of 2018. Bobby knocked it out of the park, by the way. Well done, Bobby. Thank you, Bob. Looking forward to 51 more times of him doing that this year. Jesus. I know. It sounds like a lot, but once you spread (laughs) it out, it's not too bad. Sean, my friend, SpongeBob SquarePants. Do you recommend it? And if not, does it get the dip, meaning it is erased from existence for all time?
0: I'm going to start off 2018 Mm -hmm. on the right foot. Nice. I recommend SpongeBob SquarePants. I'll say this, that I know that Dave and I agree upon. It was challenging to watch it when it was actually being aired and we were in that 20-year-old time frame, that 1920 year old time frame. Watching it now as an adult, understanding some of the jokes that they're making without the actual, with the visual, understanding the jokes that they are making with the visual punchlines, really rewarding, great madness. I, I love seeing some of these glimpses of other Nicktoons in some of the animation style and just how wacky and silly this can be with these horrific body stills and these <laughs> punch-ins. Just wonderful to kind of see this. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever watched this episode particular, and so it yeah. was fun to recap and see a lot of these elements in a show that had such a strong voice right out the gate.
1: Yeah, I think you said it well. Um, I really don't have any more to add. I would just say that I think I appreciate it more now there's still some things that don't quite work for me, but there's enough in that second segment that makes me want to check out a few more episodes and see why it's worth $13 billion and hope that we could maybe someday do the same.
2: That would be I, nice.
0: I, I get the feeling like $13 billion is like maybe 10 bitcoins. I don't know what the ratio is right it's now. It's pretty close to that by the time we're listening to it. Yeah, it's yeah,
1: probably, probably. Nice. <laughs> Jeez. probably just one bitcoin oh, at this crap. point. She. Next week on New Year's Nicktoons will be the Bitcoin episode. <laughs> I have no idea what comes up next. This this we're getting into like the weird section of Nicktoons where I checked out. I don't know what came after this. Do you wanna
0: do you want a hint? Uh, let's tease the listeners out there. What do you got for next week? Oh mm. man. Um You know, sometimes I kinda wish like I had a guardian angel. Sometimes I kinda wish like I had two of them.
1: Fairly odd parents?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've, I've never it. It. Really? I've never watched it. Really? No. I watched it. I really enjoyed that show. So I'm looking forward to getting cool. back into it. Yeah, that'll
1: be a cool week then. Looking forward to that, too. But in the meantime, buddy, what's uh what's going on with you
0: out there in the real world? Uh Guys, as always, I do live improv comedy with a group that's called Knox it's Nox exclamation point perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can check out tickets and times with DC dot org. And as always, I'm on Instagram and the Twitters at Sean Paul Ellis. And you can find me
1: on the Twitter at Dr. ClawMD. almost (laughs) forgot for a second. haven't changed it. still the same. Uh, You can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumboer.com. If you want to know more about this little show right here, feel free to head on over to our Patreon page. We would love it if you would. Patreon.com slash SaturdayMorningCartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U. We have not changed it in 2018. Sticking with the branding going strong yeah what's up
0: uh uh want to give a quick shout out to uh a, a listener uh jack Connolly. uh thank you so much for helping us understand uh back when we did our rugrats hanukkah episode you were able to answer some questions that we had about the four candles of christmas uh leading up oh, to christmas no. what did i get wrong <laughs> uh are three purple and the last one is pink yeah. Um, often uh, the weekend before, or then they're used often the weekend before Christmas. Um, this year it's interesting, as he said, as Christmas Eve falls on the fourth Sunday of in Advent, right. uh, and so those are the four, and those are the colors that they use. Um, and it turns out that uh, he actually understands a proper uh, Hanukkah greeting and was able to uh, deliver that message and the the sentiment behind it to. Melanie Harker, who was guesting on that episode. Nice. Thanks for yeah. that, Jack. So, thanks, Jack. That's awesome. Appreciate it, man.
1: I still want to know if we stole the candle thing from a menorah thing.
0: <sighs> I, it's a can- like you said, it's a believable miracle. So yeah, I feel like, I like at that point, candles are just stolen from other religions all the time. That's just... <laughs> I don't know enough about well, relig- different religions yeah, to be able to really make really. that assessment. So
1: We'll deal with that in December of this year. So... <laughs> If you want to follow follow along or let us know things about religion that we don't yet understand after thousands of years, uh, follow us along on Twitter at MorningTunes. Uh, check out Sean's to work on our Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook. Listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, you can reach out to us through any of those contact points or drop us an email, saturdaymorningcartoons at gmail.com. It's going to get fairly odd, apparently, next week here. Continuing New Year's Nicktoons, I don't know what I'm in for, but Sean seems excited, so that probably is bad news for me. Thanks for listening, guys, and once again, Happy New Year. We will see you next time.
3: Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform
2: and roll out.